welcome back everybody this is embodied experience with lauren and sylvie we are so grateful to be starting up again after a several month hiatus uh sylvie and i both had to take a step back just because the seasons in our lives um just had us being pulled in different directions and uh we are super grateful that we listened to that time and that we are ready to come back and we wanted to share a little bit about that time but you know, we're walking into this episode um, with the topic of heart fatigue. Uh, so as much as we want to share with you guys the things that have been going on in the season that we have been away from the podcast, we really want to drive home uh, this topic of heart fatigue because that's currently where we're at. Um, Sylvie and I have been able to share uh, some back and forth conversations on the matter Uh, I'll get us started off uh, to kind of share a little bit of the situation that I'm currently in. Um, Basically, we are about two weeks into this Afghan refugee uh, crisis situation, and I'm at Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. And so firsthand accounts of it, my husband has been working nonstop for all those days, and uh, there will be no days off until all uh, personnel are in the United States. Um, There are about 20,000 people here at Ramstein, 17,000 in Al-Yadid. It's another one of our Air Force bases in Doha, Qatar. And those 17,000 have to make it to Ramstein. And then of course, so 37,000 people have to make it to America. There's rigorous vetting going on with FBI and Homeland Security, uh, CIA is part of that process as well. So anybody who actually even gets a ticket to go to the United States has been highly vetted. Uh, I've been really frustrated with the American news cycles to see all the fear that they're drumming up um, by saying that we don't know, and, and but, but we do know if you just ask the right people. Um, our military... Uh, individuals on the floor on on the ground floor um, are working day in day out to support these very wonderful people who have been displaced um, who are innocent who don't deserve to live in a war-torn world and who were finding some footing in their own home in Afghanistan Um, peace was was happening around them and uh, then poor decisions were made and um we find ourselves in this situation. I don't want to get too political, although I do have very um, staunch stances uh, on the whole matter. Uh, I'm very disappointed with uh, our country's leadership. Uh, being a veteran myself, having served at Dover Air Force Base, uh, Mortuary Affairs Operations, so having seen uh, the death and the toll that it takes on families and, and actually to see uh, the carnage um, the loss of the human life, uh, or of human life, and, and to see, you know, the mutilation uh, back in 2011 when we were at the height of our occupation in Afghanistan, to then be here um, and to see sens- senseless loss of life when for the last year and a half since February 2020, we hadn't seen any fallen soldiers. That's not to say that there wasn't so conflict over there, but everything that happened was avoidable. And now we're dealing with the aftermath. And so my heart just aches and it has been really hard to watch my husband work these long hours, basically, you know, just getting enough time to sleep. And when I say enough time to sleep, I mean, he might be getting five and a half to six hours of sleep a day and 
and that's the only time he's home. I mean, and he's got like maybe, you know, the bookends of that sleeping time, uh, about half an hour, maybe 45 minutes to get some food and to see his family. But then the rest of the time he's out there on the flight line. And that's for so many of our service members and civilians that are working on base. And then of course, you've got the families at home, like myself, I'm basically a single parent to three children right now. Um, and that's obviously no easy task. Um, so a lot of heart fatigue, a lot is going on. It's just been a wild, wild time. And, uh, again, a time that, that could have been avoided, that could have been prevented. There were so many other recourses that could have taken. I I think I've moved through anger. Uh, I worked through that, um, last week and now I'm just on the side of, um, saying a lot of prayers and trusting in God for the impossible to be possible because ultimately when there is adversity, it's an opportunity to grow and to mature in all things. So I would not presume to spew hatred or, or even share that anger. Um, certainly I've already shared some of my um, disappointment, uh, but I think I've been able to place it appropriately and, and I would love to share more about that. So uh, Sylvie, I'm going to pass it to you. That was just a quick snippet, uh, or snippet of, you know, kind of where I'm at currently and, and how that's just been, um, weighing on my heart, my soul, my mind and how we're working through it. God's making a way for sure. Uh, get us, you know, not caught up because obviously maybe next episode we can talk through, you know, where we were at and what, what happened in, in those few months that we were away. Um, but, but get us caught up on where you're, you're at and your heart fatigue journey, what you're learning, um, what's the background, what's the context. And if you have any questions for me, shoot them over my way. I, I can't wait to have this conversation today. Hello, my girl. It is so good to be back and having these conversations with you, Lauren. It has indeed been quite a bit of time since we last had a podcast and I don't know about you, but I was really missing it. And I think it's just because we were collecting lots of moments and living life and going through the motions. So needless to say, I am really happy to be back here with you. And um, I'm glad that we're starting this podcast up this week. Um, You know, as I'm listening to you and in what you're sharing, my heart goes out to you in so many different ways. And I can almost feel what it would be like to be in your shoes over there in the sense of overwhelm and disappointment and frustration. And um, I think you said it perfectly when um, you mentioned that your anger, you've kind of moved past that anger and can now have a discussion about it and you don't want to continue to um, amuse those feelings by spreading it further along. And I couldn't agree with you more. If we were to have this conversation last week, I was just like soaked in irritation and frustration and disappointment. And um, when we were touching base, uh, what sparked this conversation was like, well, how do you feel? And it's basically like, my heart is tired. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. That is uh, resonates so strongly in me. Um, on the contrary, here on the U.S. soil, what happened last week, simultaneously right around the same time um, as the Afghan crisis began was the release of the FDA approval of the um, 
Pfizer vaccine for the COVID-19 virus, which dropped on Monday. And at that point, it was um, broadcasted out. And just the reaction amongst Americans was really um, disheartening, in in my opinion, and what I was experiencing. And uh, going along the same lines that you spoke of, it was interesting to kind of be in community, listening and working with clients and talking to family and friends and hearing their stories and then turning on the news, which I hardly even watch, to be honest, and that can be a good thing or a bad thing. But when I turn on the news and hear what's happening, it's just so much fear mongering and it's... um frustrating to watch how we have access to information and yet we use it in ways to twist and contort everyone's um, understanding and feelings about the situation so you know here in America this the, the, the vaccine gets approved and and we've waited so long since 2020 since over a year and a half now for us to feel like we have a solution and a way out of this and yet now we're in a situation in which people are basically kind of categorizing themselves as pro-vaccine, anti-vaccine, um, which is becoming a political and social issue. And you're starting to see this like divide. And to me, it's sad because it feels like we're losing sight of what we were fighting for in the first place. Like, I think if we look back a year and a half ago when this you know, when quarantine started happening and the fear of COVID-19 spreading and all of us losing our health and loved ones and just the stability of our economy and um, our livelihood as we knew it went into question. We were all like, we are ready to do whatever it takes to get back what we had. And now solutions are being brought to the table and we are just fighting each other and we are dividing even further it feels like and um you know a vaccine drops and now um i mean we have we have healthcare workers here who are quitting their jobs because they're being mandated to get the vaccine and i think there's some some situations in which it it, it rises a question of whether it's moral or not and then there's just and uh, as far as um health conditions religious beliefs things like this but on a larger scale, on a larger scale, I think, and maybe I could be wrong, but it feels like a majority of people are formulating their decisions um, as to whether or not they should get it based on popular opinions that are going out through social media, um, through the news, um, through people's fear and their stories of their experiences, and instead of this collective cooperation to figure this out we're just making it more complicated and um I don't know so that was that was kind of what was going on last week here and um that was really starting to weigh heavily on me because um and I'm, I'm sure I'm not alone in that feeling but you know you start to lose it feels like we're losing hope and we're losing sight a little bit about what's really important in this life um, and making it more complicated than it needs to be. And, uh, that's exhausting. I mean, 
And, you know, and then I think of the opposite of what was going on as well. And with the, the Afghan crisis and to think of the, all of these soldiers and people who are willing to dedicate and sacrifice their lives for the safety and comfort of ours here on um, American soil. And yet if you come here to American soil, we're, we have so much access to things and yet we don't even realize how... Um, privileged we are to have resources yet we are you know literally doing um, what do they call lotteries for people to get vaccinated and and bribing them with monet with money and it's like whatever happened to just wanting to be a responsible human and protect not just yourself but and those you love but you know your community as you know it that that we so-called care for so maybe I still have a little anger in me, which you can probably sense. But, um, you know, trying to take some time and kind of let the dust settle and remembering that um, anger will only breed, uh, breed more anger. So it's trying to remain calm, remain level-headed, remain understanding, being open to figuring out what and why it is that we are where we are and trying to be a positive force in influencing others around um around myself so um yeah i guess i guess we're interesting to kind of have a contrast on what is happening in two different parts of the world at different times and then to see how the news is portraying it um and how it can really spark up a lot of um, fear and further instigate the instability. And I think that's all of the instability that we're living in um, that's leading to this heart fatigue. Heart fatigue meaning like you just feel tired at this like soul level. It's almost like you just you're just hoping that a greater force of or you know things will shift in a way that will spark hope and um you know keep you inspired to wake up every day and um find joy in the life that we're leading so i think that'll come around um especially you know in in speaking with yourself lauren and speaking with some of my family and friends last week it was kind of an all-consuming subject matter um you start to realize you're not the only one feeling that way and I think the more we have these discussions and actually address these feelings about what's going on, we can maybe start to move forward in the right direction. So I'm not sure where I'm going to go from here with, with that in this conversation, but that, um, it, it, that was kind of a thought I was having today. It was like, it's interesting because I feel like we're just talking about news all the time, but we're not really addressing the impact that this is having um, on all of us emotionally and and what to do from here. So tell JD um, over there, Lauren, that um, we're all thinking of him and it's unfortunate. You know, it'd be nice if we could put stories like um, the work he's doing onto the news to remind us all of why it's important that we take our personal responsibility to make sure that we're doing everything for the greater good. 
Incredible insight, Sylvie. Um, yeah, it's just crazy times all around and uh, everyone's got an opinion. And um, what's that saying? Oh, I probably shouldn't say it on our podcast. Everyone's got an opinion or everyone's got, well, <laughs> if you know, you know. Anyway, um, I'm just thinking about what you said about highlighting good stories, you know, true stories and I feel like that would sell too. You know, I, I feel like to hear the stories that JD has to tell, you know, the good would sell far over the bad, but you know, this is a sin-filled world. I don't know. It's a broken world. It's, it is a world driven by not great things. And so, you know, this is why I always come back to prayer and just being with God, because for me, you know, nothing else makes sense. It's all just crazy and wild. And I hear you talking about this debate about the vaccine and just coming together. And you would think that people would just be ready to move on. Um, you know, I've had conversations with my family members. Um, and seemingly, it's just more important to have choice, I think. I don't really know. I, I still, you know, I try to hear what they're saying because we're definitely on opposite sides of the fence when it comes to the vaccine. I think a lot of people aren't willing to actually do their own research and truly formulate their own opinions. They, they are literally piggybacking off of mass media and, you know, just whatever opinion kind of got to them first. I like to think that my decision-making and perspective is very moderate. I always want to hear both sides of the aisle and then make an informed decision from there. But then whatever decision I make, it's not that I'm, you know, all, all for it or, or all against it. You know, I, I'm, I'm still moderate about it. You know, everybody does have to make their own choice. And I certainly don't think arguing gets us anywhere. So I would never presume to argue with somebody if they truly believe something, then, then to each their own. I certainly don't think governments should get so involved that we're mandating things. I think that kind of drives us down the rabbit hole real quick. And there's plenty of history that we can look up from uh, the USSR, Russia, Soviet Union, Nazi Germany. I mean, um, communism in Vietnam and gosh, North Korea. I mean, it's in China. <laughs> Look all over the world right now. I mean, there's plenty of examples from the past and the present that show governments mandating things, and that's just not the right way to go either. Um, so, yeah, it's it's tough all around. I, I definitely don't want to be somebody who's making decisions for anybody, and I don't think that we should be in that position because at the end of the day, you know, when we meet our maker, we have to account and answer for our own actions. And actions of leaders taken in this time to mandate certain things, I think they need to be more conscious and wise about them, you know, and, and be conscious on how, I mean, how it's impacting people. Yeah, I, and I'm, my mind is kind of like crisscross right now. I'm thinking about the Afghani evacuee situation and just the Afghanistan situation in general and how our leaders had a duty and a responsibility to really think through that situation and consider the human cost and 
Um, they, I just don't think they did. I understand that us occupying a country isn't necessarily something we wanted to keep doing, but we'd already been there for 20 years. Some sustainability was starting to happen. And for a person, I mean, imagine you felt so unsafe because of one thing that changes that you grab your kids, you have the clothes on your back and you lock the door to everything that you know, and you run to an airport that you know you might have to sit outside for days just to get on a plane that you're not even sure you're no you're not even sure of where it's going but you know that it's safer than staying where you are i mean that's literally the situation of these afghanistan evacuees and now refugees i mean what would it take for you to pack up everything or not, you don't even get to pack up everything. You, you get to take yourself and your children. And then there's no guarantee that you all make it, right? You just hope you all do. And you get on a plane to go away from where you are. Because one decision and you're certain you no longer have safety. I mean, it's something that I think we as Americans, we would never even, couldn't even possibly imagine. Because we, we live in America. We have so much choice and we, we feel so much safety that entitlement has just crept in and become such a poison to so many of us that we're willing to quibble and argue. Um, you know, I think about Paola, my, my good friend in Colombia. I mean, and there's so much corruption in her government down there as well. And they would give anything to have the vaccine. I saw an interview of one woman in Texas. She's in line to get some uh, antibody treatment because she's tested positive now. And she was staunchly against getting the vaccine. And now that she's sick, she's like, I just want to do anything to not be sick. So I'll take the vaccine if that's the case. And obviously the vaccine doesn't, doesn't guarantee that you won't get sick. It just makes sure that you won't die. I mean, that's all the vaccines, you know, FDA, which that's a whole other conversation I don't necessarily agree with it needing to be FDA and that the, I mean, the FDA approves cigarettes for crying out loud. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, you know, but vaccines, you know, the ones that, that we all take when we're young and little, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for smallpox or polio or, uh, rubella, hepatitis. I mean, these are all things that we can prevent getting out of hand. doesn't mean that we're eradicating them it just means we're eradicating death from them. I mean, imagine living in Africa, that your reality is disease everywhere. I mean, I bet those people would kill for vaccines because it would mean that they didn't have to worry about dying. I mean, because getting sick is one thing, but you're not guaranteed not to die. And sure, we could have a discussion about like feeling that you're healthy and you don't need that and your immunities are so amazing that's a great conversation to have. I welcome it. I want people to have that conversation more because you know, I think the bigger systemic issue is that the reason people are getting so sick is because they haven't been taking care of themselves is because, you know, there's not enough, um, well, let's face it, propaganda, um, that talks about clean eating, 
you know, instead we have our grocery stores filled with garbage. Fast food restaurants and Coca-Cola. I mean, this is capitalism, right? And so people who get sick and then, you know, get really sick or die, you know, and then we wonder why. I mean, it's not just COVID. It's because their body really couldn't handle it. But even the really healthy people, even they need protection because there have been really healthy people that have died from COVID. So you can still, you can still die from it. And so vaccines still serve the purpose of not, well, helping you not die. Uh, again, my two cents, everybody has the right to their own opinion and I wouldn't presume to argue. I would only state what I feel confident about. Um, but it is a tough subject all around. I mean, COVID, Afghan evacuee situation, what was right, what was wrong. And, and, and I don't like the whole conversation of what's right and wrong. I, I like the conversation of what's moderate, you know, have you weighed both sides and it's not a pros and cons it's not a good or bad it's have you weighed both sides and when you've weighed both sides where do you come out but I think most people aren't even weighing the sides they're just picking a side and then they just go it's like all or nothing this is just this mentality that I don't know it's rampant it's rampant for people to pick a side and just drive it into the ground for I don't know, loyalty or uh, wanting to not look flaky or wishy-washy. I, 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 don't, I don't know. that I'm speculating at this point. So, yeah, there's some of my thoughts on this whole COVID, let's talk about it situation. You know, and I will say one more thing. So this is the last thing I say, I'll say, and um, I've, I've rambled now. I've talked for too long. Sylvia, I can't wait to hear your, your response. But, you know, if we are unwilling to have uncomfortable situations, we will never grow, we will never mature, we will never move to the next space in life. And I think ultimately what we have to learn from this, what we all need to be taking from all of these difficult things is that we all need to be willing to come to the table and have uncomfortable, difficult discussions. Because in them we're able to be enlightened, matured, grown, all those things. It doesn't mean that I'm trying to get you to come to my side of the table or vice versa. It just should be an openness and a willingness to learn and, and to be open to the possibility of, you know, changing your mind or seeing it from a different perspective. Um, it's really important for us to do that because then we're, we're never evolving. We, we'll stay stuck. Can't wait to hear what you have to say. What you got? Yes, yes, yes. I could listen to you speak for hours, Lauren. Um, that's exactly it. It's like there's so much other things playing in the background behind these big events that we are facing. And I think the heart fatigue comes into place because it feels tiring. It feels like there is so many little messes that have led to the big mess and it's because it's a messy confusing world filled with a lot of people a lot of misinformation a lot of uh contrasting information and living in a time where we're just so busy doing that um the, there doesn't seem to be this space to kind of take a big step back together and be like let's talk about this let's figure this out and 
Um, I really appreciate your peaceful energy in wanting to take and needing to take a moderate approach. And I strive for that in my everyday life. It's, you know, always making sure you're checking in with yourself and understanding where your viewpoints and perspectives are coming from and how they're formulated, but still being able to remain open to listening to others and understanding where they're coming from. And then both sides showing up to have a genuine conversation about what are our fears? What do we want? What are the obstacles? Where are we going? And do we have the same end goal in mind? And from there, how can we, I don't know if it's compromise, but how can we work together so that we all feel safe and that we all feel comfortable and we all feel like our needs are being met so we can live our lives the limited time we have here um, in a fulfilling, satisfying, gratifying kind of way. And I guess the heart fatigue for me comes in because it feels like we're at this stage in our evolution as a society and as as humans that we kind of can't avoid these difficult conversations anymore. I think the decisions that we've made over the past um, century or so are kind of catching up to us. Um, like you said it perfectly, like the foods that we eat and how they're driving illness and disease and keeping us, or not keeping us, but putting us in positions of being susceptible to getting infections and viruses and things that will make us um, more vulnerable to dying. Um, that's a whole other discussion. What are the foods that we're eating? How are we treating each other in regards to healthcare and um, how are we treating each other in regards to thinking decisions through before making them? For instance, with the Afghan situation, like it's, it's when you feel unsafe and you feel like you're losing trust in the environment around you, it's hard to stay moderate. It's hard to stay level-headed and it creates chaos and confusion amongst the people. And I think that can drive us further from the goal of working together. It's so funny. I just think this past year or so, like, I remember being young and watching, like, models. I think it was, like, supermodels and um, pageants. I think it's pageants. And they would come and they'd be like, what do you wish for the, what do you, what's your one wish? And they would always say, oh, I wish for world peace. And I was kind of like, huh, that's an interesting, like, I guess... I never really understood that as a little girl. And now that um, I'm older and living in the world and realizing how unstable it can be, um, you know, more than anything, I just wish for us to kind of change the way we converse and socialize and think and connect with each other because we have so much information. And I think our level of consciousness has evolved over time, but yet, um, we've poisoned ourselves with, um, mass media, um, kind of this need and want to belong. And so we divide amongst ourselves and then create conflict. And perhaps, you know, honestly, this is probably just always been around in the world and life when we think about wars and conquer and divide and, um, the history of all that. So it's, it's not anything new. 
I guess for me in my life at this point, it feels so much more personal. And so um, there's like this part of me inside is like, can we please all just stop and get along? But I know it's not that easy. And that's where the heart fatigue is setting in. So um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But when I when when I get into that state, I personally start to feel myself getting angry and I almost become self-righteous in my own way like oh why can't we all just do what I feel is right and I'm recognizing that a lot of people are feeling that way too and that's when we start to create um without even not even purposely but we kind of create like distance amongst ourselves and it becomes harder to have those conversations and it's just this cycle of like defensiveness that um, I hope I can be strong enough in myself to show up with others and recognize my defensiveness for what it is, put it down and have the patience to listen to others and work with others because creating change as a collective is just not an easy process. I don't think it ever has been. I wish it was easier and I get frustrated with that, but recognizing that I don't know, we're all different and we all have different needs and we all come from different backgrounds and trying to accommodate and honor all of those things is going to take time. So perhaps I'm a dreamer, perhaps I just wish for things to be different so badly that it stops me in my tracks at times. Um, so the conversations like this are really uplifting because it like makes you feel less alone and it makes you feel like, okay, this is how I'm feeling and this is why and this is what I need to do in moving forward. And so, um, you know, I'm really happy that I got to hear your side of the Afghan um, story and what you're experiencing over there and the work JD is doing and you explaining the reasoning why. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not always up to date with what's going on with our military probably because it's just not a big part of my personal life and to hear your story versus hearing it from the news it makes a big difference um and uh i guess that's the other thing is all of us are also busy attending to whatever it is that we have our purpose for purpose for in this world that it it's like we have to really kind of have like a coming to the table and get to know each other in a way so we can understand how other events affect us in maybe indirect or very direct ways um i don't know so so that's where the heart fatigue has come in for me um and i don't know if i'm i don't feel like i'm alone in this world with that and i'd like to see us all having more conversations about this and Lauren what I'm going to take away from this episode is just to remain moderate and just to remain open even in moments of frustration and losing patience and to not stew in the anger for too long but to recognize it for what it is and then seeing where you can take that and direct it and so getting more curious about how other people are um why they're making their decisions and not judging them for it and then being able to present information in a way that doesn't try to change their beliefs or change their minds but gets them to think you know I think 
I keep saying I think a lot and I'm trying to just stop that but it'd be nice for um us to have uh, it'd be nice for all of us to have time to think a little bit more versus live in a live in a time and a space and a pace where we're just reacting because reaction upon reaction as we know can just create chaos so and I don't do well in chaos this is why I, I gotta get on my mat and meditate more and more to help keep myself centered but this has been an awesome conversation and um here we are 2021 we've taken some time off from from our podcasting and we're back and we're kind of starting it off per se with just our general starting point of where we're at and I look forward to having some conversations about what can we do moving forward? Maybe maybe we can be the place where we have these tough conversations and can um, hopefully spark that interest in others. So thank you so much, Lauren. Oh, man, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, moderation is key. I mean, when we go too far one way or too far another way, it just is so detrimental for your own spirit, for people's spirit around you. And it erodes at situations. I was actually, as you were speaking, I was reminded of a Bible verse I wanted to share with everybody. It's Matthew uh, chapter seven, verse one through five. And I, I prefer the message version because it's um, more plain language, but it's, uh, and I'll read it to you guys now. It's a simple guide for behavior. Don't pick on people jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. That critical spirit has a way of boomeranging. It's easy to see a smudge on your neighbor's face and be oblivious to the ugly sneer on your own. Do you have the nerve to say, let me wash your face for you when your own face is distorted by contempt? It's this whole traveling roadshow mentality all over again, playing a holier-than-thou part instead of just living your part. Wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. I mean, I feel like those words are so pungent, especially for this day and age. I mean, and the Bible's a living document. I mean, it's, it's so relevant every day and age. Um, but I think of these words and I spend so much time in scripture anymore because it's just... The only place that I feel like I can find any, any relief, any peace, and it's wonderful um, because, you know, we might like to say that there's no manual to life, but there certainly is, and it's it's the Bible. Um, and I've found so much from again this message version because it's just plain language, you know, uh, for this last you know, sentence, wipe that ugly sneer off your own face and you might be fit to offer a washcloth to your neighbor. You know, I mean, we have to be able to look inward and look at ourselves before we ever say anything to anybody. And so I think that's why I always want to take a moderate approach and hear both sides and never be super um, callous about whatever my opinion is because a testimony, a thought, a uh, a reality that some that somebody else's could come into play for me and completely flip whatever I thought on its head. Um, I did want to touch on one more thing that you did say, Sylvia, about you know 
uh, you said, forgive me, I'm not so up to date on the military. You know, it's just not a part of my reality. And, and it is, it's so true. I mean, whatever's not in our reality, we're just not up to date on it. We're not aware of it. And, you know, I don't, it's, I would never claim to say that I am fully in the no on everything. I mean, certainly not. Um, I, I definitely stay away from the news. I, I think I've been catching snippets on YouTube just because I've been curious about what each side is saying. And then, you know, I hear, you know, little snippets and I just have to turn it off because I'm like, oh my goodness, it's so polarizing. And polarizing helps nobody. Um, but I think it's really important to recognize that we can get caught up in our own worlds and we have to be willing to step back and see the world as a whole and not just our own world. We have to be willing to take, um, well, no, I don't want to say take, but, but to be open to bigger perspectives because what, you know, what world we're living is really so small. And when we can recognize its size to things that are bigger, I think we can get to the heart of living in gratitude. And when we can live in gratitude, which is something that's just not, uh, definitely not talked about enough, definitely not done enough. I mean, when we don't live in gratitude, then we can become self-righteous and holier than thou. And, and, you know, so as much as I have had heart fatigue, I've been trying to reframe and refocus all of my thought processes to what is my heart of gratitude for today? What can I be grateful for right in front of me, right here, right now? Because I know that there's so much bigger and worse and all the things in the world. So let me find the gratitude because in the gratitude is the joy of life. Um, uh, I'm so appreciative of this conversation with you, Sylvie. Uh, I love that you and I are willing to tackle the hard topics and to just hear each other out for good, for bad, for ugly, for love, because love really should be at the center of it. So um, guys, that's going to do it for us. Coming back to you with Embodied Experience, we're Lauren and Sylvie uh, collaborating in love with each other, for each other, for all of you, we're so, so excited to be back and uh, we'll be sharing with you more consistently in the days and weeks to come.